Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All of television history is contained within the box of delights. It was happening in front of us. Incredible. In our living rooms. It was amazing. Guests pick their favorite television moment and tell us why they love it. And is this the episode where Daisy's just been for the interview at the Women's Magazine? Flaps. That's it, Flaps. Yeah. Named one of Radio Time's best podcasts of the year. I don't understand people who don't see the joy in drawing the curtains, mug of hot chocolate and something nice on TV. Like, what could be nicer than that? Than having a snuggle. Exactly. Nostalgia in bite-sized chunks. Box of delights from Great Big Owl. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead. Westworld. No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld. There we go. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. I'm John Holmes, and welcome to the The One Show show, the pod that casts its eye over TV's The One Show and then underlines bits of it in red pen before writing, this is terrible, see me, at the end. On those evergreen sofas and the single-use plastic coffee table this week then, happy 3,000th birthday, Sean Pegg of the Dead, and all the excitement of the world of bus refunds. (laughs) Joining me to binge on it all like Johnny Depp taking drugs in a toilet, a regular The The One Show showa Mark Haynes, and the co-host of the chart music podcast, a music writer and journalist whose work has graced the likes of Melody Maker, The Independent Time Out, and in his own words, a ghastly slew of unmourned rags too numerous to mention. It's Taylor Parks. Welcome, Taylor. Welcome. Good afternoon. Welcome. Um, out of those um, unmourned rags, I mean, any any particular spring out before we start? <laughs> that's the, that's the, the least promising question I've ever been asked. <laughs> um, uh, no, not really. You know, 
50 quid a go and a yeah. you know circulation like shouting in the high street yeah welcome to our podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i thought because we've got you on we might yeah. start with the jarvis cocker episode uh, and talk about jarvis cocker in a cave hello and welcome to your live wednesday one show with amol rajan and kim marsh also tonight festivals might be off the cards but that hasn't stopped former pulp frontman jarvis cocker from performing we'll be finding out why he spent the last two days jumping about in a cave in the peak district before we get to that my question to you which i always ask is have you ever seen the one show before we made you watch it um i've seen it i don't usually watch it for the same reason i don't usually watch programs in welsh um (laughs) um always always been a bit put off by the fact that the theme tune is come together by primal scream who i never really liked so what did you make of um of of the Jarvis Cocker moment because I always find it interesting on the one show when somebody that's of of well who sort of doesn't belong in the world of the one show is thrust into it and then sort of has to deal with the mundanity of it all so we had Jarvis Cocker performing in a cave and then interviewed as everyone is at the moment via Zoom well there's something a, a little bit weird about Jarvis though he's always been able to do that and I don't know if it if it just speaks uh, of his adaptability or if there's just something a bit wrong somewhere that he's managed to turn <laughs> to his advantage. But I noticed that, that both episodes of The One Show that I've had to watch this week have um, been full of stuff from my youth, from basically from the 90s, being sold back to me in the same way that I'm used to seeing film of Vera Lynn. You know, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's kind of a bit depressing, isn't it? The whole thing they did with the Glastonbury 1995, where they have reduced the whole career of Jarvis Cocker to going, Glastonbury 1995, we'll talk about that because that's the only thing about you that matters now. All of the rest of it is irrelevant. There was just one thing that the man in the street needs to know is you once had a great Glastonbury. Your first time you you played Glastonbury was 1995, uh, wasn't it? So can you tell us what you can remember from, from that first gig? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well this what i always say but it's true is that good concerts you don't really remember anything about them yeah. that's all it becomes <laughs> jarvis himself he's he is really good he's great when he starts talking because everything is very natural to him he doesn't make it seem like i shouldn't be here he's quite happy to to, to jump in with both feet if you were from france and you tuned into the one show you would just think how nice that they've got some kind of penniless academic on television <laughs> talking to them about like some project he's doing in a cave. Yeah. Um, and, and credit as well to the presenters, uh, one of whom, of course, was in one of the bigger bands of the 90s, Hearsay, uh, that being uh, Kim Marsh. <laughs> nice Kim to Marsh. see. Yeah. I, I, really, I, I really sort of wanted her to start saying, because when we did it, it was like this, and I wanted a bit of that. And I think Jarvis would have gone for that. But... <laughs> What they did afterwards, they had that real thing of wanting to make it clear that Pulp were very much yesterday's band. <laughs> so Amol Rajan, uh, he said, now all your fans from years ago are incredibly excited. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And all your fans from years ago are incredibly excited. It's great to chat to you, Jarvis. Thank you Thanks, so much. Jarvis. From years ago? <laughs> Just slip that in. And then yeah. Kim Marsh, she was saying, when he was talking about this gig he'd done in a cave, she, she really just went, she went, 
Sounds amazing. I'm sure you get a lot of people watching that. Oh, that, that sounds amazing. I, I mean, I'm sure you get a lot of people watching that. And she couldn't have sounded more like, this is not for me. Yeah. 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 She yeah. was like that the whole time, I thought. She was one of those presenters that isn't a presenter. And so she doesn't really listen to what they're saying, but she does have a response prepared afterwards, which is always yeah. just to say, that's amazing. And I'm sure that's great. And, and yeah. you just know that there's nothing going on behind the eyes. So your band is called Jarv Is, and your album is called Beyond the Pale, is that right? That's right. <laughs> but all I wanted to know was about the cave, right? So I'm thinking, well, I want to know about the gig in a cave. I know bands play gigs in caves, you know, they've done it in Gibraltar, but that's the interesting part. The moment he got on to that... Just as he got to the interesting part, which was, how do you do a gig in a cave? Surely the it, the sound doesn't work. And he started saying, but it does work. Amol just cut him straight off. When you tell people that you've played in a cave, the first thing they say is, isn't it to Akaway? What were it acoustics <laughs> like? Can you hear what you're doing? Oh, but actually, the sound in there is amazing. It I sounds mean, amazing, isn't it? People- yeah. And, it, and it looks it looks amazing as well. Jarvis, thank you so much. <laughs> fantastic. That's all Amol needs to know. It works. Good. Yeah. Next question. Jarvis Cocker, who they kept saying was was oh, a big guest. We've got Jarvis Cocker, it's going to be amazing. He got five minutes and got cut off after five minutes. The film about bus refunds got ten minutes. <laughs> was it only ten minutes? <laughs> Jesus. I, th- I think it's still fucking going on now. Just un- unbelievable. Yeah, but there, was, I mean, there was 350 quid of, of BBC money in that. You can't just throw <laughs> that out. Yeah, this, I mean, the bus, the bus story for me was... Uh, th- this whole episode with Jarvis Cocker and Jarvis Cocker, with, you know, notwithstanding, I think is the single worst episode of the One Show I've ever seen. It was so boring. I, I-, I can't begin to tell you that pu- that piece uh, much too long. This watchdog section they had in it much too long. The worst part of that that bus one. Basically, there was a guy who'd got a bus pass. L- you know, lockdowns happened. He doesn't want to use the buses anymore, and his university give him a free parking space. So he says, "Right, I'm going to try and get my money back off the bus company." For about three weeks, I, I was able to work from home, um, but then I was recruited onto a, a COVID-related project. I was quite fortunate that the university had opened up their parking facilities. So from the end of March, and up, up until this point, actually, I haven't used first bus services at all. So what happened when you tried to get a refund then? I got an immediate reply within a, a day or so to say, uh, well, as per our terms and conditions, we don't offer refunds on activated tickets. Now, the buses are still running, all right? But he's like, oh, I don't want to go on them. Fair enough, fair enough, <laughs> you don't have to. So he goes on fucking BBC One to argue the toss for what is approximately £1.50 a day for a couple of months. <laughs> what? Why is the BBC entertaining this sort of shit? One fifty a day. He works in a university. He's not been furloughed. He's working because he's driving there in his fucking car. If yeah. he can afford petrol and a car and he's got a job, he can afford £1.50 a fucking day. Yeah. Some people are I, just I take, hated take, take, take. <laughs> they did, they did uh, make him look foolish, though, by showing him superimposed onto a phone screen uh, mounted on a stand in front of Nicky Fox's mobility scooter, but at a really bad angle. So he, this guy's already got no shoulders. When you see him, he's got a massive head. Um, and 
<laughs> seems to have no shoulders at all. Just you just saw the the beginnings of arms emerging out of his lower throat, like a totem pole. Um, so you know, ultimately, you know, he's he's not going to be walking around Skelmersdale or wherever it is he's from. Like you know, <laughs> see me on the telly the other night. Yeah, I, I stuck it to those bus bastards. <laughs> There was an odd thing going on. You've, you've hit on something there. because Here's the thing I couldn't understand, right? So they've got Nikki Fox in a mobility scooter, and she has a camera crew with her filming her, talking to the guy superimposed on the phone. Yeah. And then they've got a guy from a passenger action group talking about the non-bus refunds. He's got a camera crew with him in his garden, filming him talking into a laptop, pretending to talk into a laptop, I assume. So you've got two camera crews, you're filming them in their own garden. Why not just use the Zoom thing like you're doing... I don't understand what, why you're sending camera crews to people's gardens when you don't need to do it. Or, or move one of the people to one of the other people's gardens and have one camera crew film them both socially distanced. That's yeah. half the amount of money they had to spend on that feature. And, and also the amount of time, which would have been a blessing. Oh, mate, it was so bad. It was, I mean, I mean, that at the, at the heart of any show is going to drag it onto the floor. When you're doing stuff about... The problem is, of course, is a lot of these things are being taken care of by the government. So you do have a lot of things about refunds for holidays. And all they're doing is reporting this stuff that they have no involvement in having got this, um, you know, final decision on. The bit that they've launched in this part here to really sort of reclaim consumer stuff back from, from if you like, you know, the, the, the mainstream it's suddenly in, is their hashtag can't complain campaign, where they've said, <laughs> if you're having problems with a company, do a tweet, at us in it, do hashtag uh, can't complain, and then put the company in as well. And in the words of our friend Matt Allwright, <laughs> Nikki Fox, what's in your inbox? Oh, it takes me back. Well, plenty, because last week Matt launched our hashtag can't complain campaign. Now, if you feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall trying to get hold of a company, why not turn to social media? Matt suggested you do three things which should make them sit up and take notice. So one, put at BBC Watchdog in your tweet. Two, use the hashtag, hashtag can't complain. And three, insert the company names name and it seems to have worked a right treat so they were saying that might get a response and then we can follow it up i had a look at those fucking hashtags john i had a look at them <laughs> the, the the door that the one show have opened into long-running trivial gripes by people uh, is just i mean it's like fucking pandora's box full of people waving <laughs> refund vouchers um, a, a, a lot of them are people who are, have had disputes with fast food delivery companies because their full order wasn't delivered. And when they've complained about not getting their fucking biryani sauce, the restaurant has said, we're not going to give you that £2.30 refund. And they are like, right, I will get BBC One, the single most <laughs> revered channel in television history across the world, to sort out my refund for some biryani fucking <laughs> sauce. There's a, a woman who wants 13 quid back for a dog toy because there's a photo of it and her dog chewed it on the first day and she's like it should have been better it should have been stronger there's another one this is this is word for word here i bought a beautiful ring to cheer up my daughter because she suffers with anxiety the company cancelled and then when i wrote my honest review they took the review down hashtag can't complain what do you want what do you want you, you want fucking damages because a company didn't give you a ring and gave you a refund. I, I just... They have opened up a shitstorm 
And it's actually <laughs> hashtag can't complain. It's worth having a look at it. Proper. Well, it's not. It's not just worth having a look at it. It's worth us now using that hashtag to make up a load of really trivial complaints about probably non-existent companies, and yeah. just just really kind of give Watchdog something to investigate that's not really there. Let's, Let all, me tell let's you. all do it at Watchdog. <laughs> hashtag can't complain. Make up the name of a company. Make up a complaint. I can guarantee you, John, that none of the things that people do as a joke will be as time wasty as the actual genuine ones that are down there. My swing ball is broken. (laughs) (laughs) That item was worth it in the end just for the stock footage of a train rolling away from a cluster of featureless city buildings past a a brick warehouse with a big plain sign saying adult store and huge (laughs) coils of razor wire along the edge of the roof. Made me feel so much better about being stuck in my flat. It's a metaphor for the entire sort of one show, really, in many ways. Heavy pencil. An actor of my experience, you just get run dry. A podcast sitcom with Anna Crilly and Tony Gardner. I played played Edmund Gilder, and he played Fanny Snatch. The Observer called it a lovely thing. Wonderfully funny, pitched perfectly, produced with a light touch. I'm not having any more of this. I need you to pull me off immediately. Heavy pencil from Great Big Owl. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And then, but don't knock this episode completely, Mark, though, because we mm. did have celebrity cooking with Sally Phillips and Ronnie Ancona uh, in I mean, what appeared to be, and they had to keep saying, was a particularly formed bubble. Well, that, that's brilliant, guys. And I, I have to say that you guys are together. You're in a, you've, you've formed a little writing bubble together, haven't you? So, yeah, so that's, that's, that's good to see anyway. You had them on screen together in one of their kitchens, and obviously they knew they were going to get complaints about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No our our mole had to come back on the end, and he yeah. said, yeah. "Just to reiterate, for those wondering, <laughs> Sally and Ronnie have formed a bubble 
as they've been writing together. And I thought, well, that must have been an exciting session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they were very, it was very BBC. You could tell what had happened. He, even though he'd said it at the beginning, people had started either tweeting them or ringing the BBC duty phone line to complain. And yeah. even though he'd said it, he had to say it again. And just to reiterate for those wondering, Sally and Ronnie have formed a bubble as they've been writing together. Well, that's it, all it we was have a very Amol way of doing it. I was quite fascinated by Amol. Um, there's, he's he's a bit of a sly operator, right? There's a, a bit where they they're talking about this celebrity cooking, and they've got an amazing posed shot of uh, one show heroine Alex Jones uh, in a palatial spotless kitchen with huge. only a tub of uh, Aptamil betraying <laughs> yes. the presence of small children um, standing there with a saucepan in every hand like look at this and he said she cooked a prawn and courgette fettuccine uh, and Kim says well that sounds very uh, exotic um, and you see Amol having just because he's just indulged in a bit of self-deprecation by patting his his lockdown pot belly when he says oh food is like me <laughs> look at this uh, he now feels like he's built up sufficient nice guy credit to dismissively wave a hand at kim and go oh it's just posh pasta really yeah. big announcement from the chancellor today which is great for foodies like me uh is the soon to be introduced discounts for diners and a big reduction in vat uh, but plenty of us are still cooking at home not least our alex who last week cooked up a delicious prawn and courgette fettuccine. Mm. very exotic. It's posh pasta, basically. It's just posh pasta. <laughs> it's, it's, only, it's only posh pasta. So it's simultaneously showing off his own uh, foodie credentials, uh, scoffing at Alex's achievement and scolding Kim, the, the northern pickle, for, for being unduly impressed by it. That is... He's a smooth guy, right? He he's did it. Smooth, he's a real sports right. car dad. You know, like 200 <laughs> like He comes on like a nice guy, but you just you watch it. You watch it when he's around. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's... Yeah. So, yeah, he is very weird with, um, with uh, Sally and Ronnie as well. He makes it very clear that Sally Phillips is his favourite. What are you going to be cooking, Sally, in this? If I bought a ticket, a rough ticket, and I got to cook with Sally Phillips, that'd be a big moment for me. What, what do I get to cook with you? Uh, what, 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 it, not so big for me. <laughs> <laughs> it, would be, it would be an equally big moment with the two of you, obviously. Help me out oh, here, Kim. Amal. But yeah. just in case I did buy a ticket with Sally Phillips, not that I'd prefer her, what would it be that you could... <laughs> I'd be really excited if I got to cook with uh, Sally Phillips. Um, which, you know, is predictable. But I mean, Sally Phillips and Ronnie Ancona, I've got to say, I know we're sort of uh, technically here to... to to, to sneer, not to put too fine a point on it, but yeah. they do seem like they'd be agreeable company. Those two, yeah, 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 they, yeah, they they greet the 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 one show inquisitors with. It's the same kind of manner that we've seen from other celebrities who clearly understand that they're too good for this, but mm. they don't want to show it out of genuine politeness and a sort of educated sort of Fabian sympathy for the lower orders. So uh, they're very nice. And like Sally Phillips is wearing the same inscrutable smirk that she was wearing in 1996 when the wind changed. And Ronnie Ancona, as ever, just comes across as this warm, disorganised, slightly feral, middle-aged dating site jackpot. And the only awkward moment... 
<laughs> other than Amol's slightly creepy favouritism is early on where <laughs> Sally tries to do a joke and says, oh, we're coming up with all these ideas. My, my last idea was slugs in a mini instead of snakes on a plane. Horror movie. And uh, Kim responds with a fake laugh that is like somewhere between a corn crake and a gatling gun. My last idea was slugs in a mini instead of snakes on a plane. It's like this guttural rat-a-tat expelled through her mouth by these sort of automated mental hydraulics, like containing zero natural mirth with her eyes still just motionless and painted on underneath those Zara nutty glasses. And, uh, you know... I'm not a professional comedian, but I, I, th- I think a more reassuring response to that flown kite of a possible comedy idea <laughs> would be the sound of a slamming door and a gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you absolutely hit on the other thing that, that Kim does, which is that she is performing this. She is not presenting it. So when she was saying the lines that all presenters say, it was like you were watching a drama about the one show. Yeah. So she had she had a funny sort of way of doing it. So she goes, so coming up, we have a really special film. And it was all this sort of <laughs> yes. slowing it down and pretending to be a presenter. I've always said, like, you know, that the art of presenting is a pretty minor art, but it's quite noticeable when people do it differently. So she was doing the minor art of acting rather than the minor art of presenting. There was a little bit where she went... She put too much emotion into the phrase, we'd love to hear from you. So when they always go, and we'd love to hear from you, she, she went, we would love to hear from you. So if you're celebrating a milestone birthday yourself, or if you've got something to say about anything else you see on tonight's show, get in touch in the usual way, because we would love to hear from you. We so would. There was all of this going on. It was Because they were very much the, the B team of one show presenters, um, you had that that going on where they they just weren't confident there was no confidence about no. it and so they would say things that they didn't mean but it was they weren't skilled enough as presenters to sort of pass it off as as you say as a throwaway so at one point Amol told a massive lie it was during the menu at the, at the beginning when they were talking about what was coming up on the show <laughs> and they said we're going to have all the details of what the Chancellor's statement means for our energy bills more oh, yeah. later and Amol went I'm looking forward to that. And I know that you've also been listening closely to uh, the Chancellor's summer statement today and you'll have all the details on what it might mean for our energy bills. Yes, more later. Looking forward to that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Absolutely or not. And we can see through that. No-one's looking forward to that. Nobody. But you've just said that because it's a presentary thing to say. You could also see what they did was Kim Marsh wasn't aware that as the presenter you decide when people on Zoom stop talking. So they would... would, uh, we were talking to Sally Phillips and Ronnie Ancona. She had a little bit where she went, now you're best known for Last Tango in Halifax, Ronnie. And Ronnie went, yes. And Kim went, and what does... And Ronnie had said something. And Kim just went, I'm sorry? Yeah. And there was a pause, a lag, and it's all that. You just go, if you're the presenter, just ride roughshod over it. Yeah. Don't yeah. wait. Don't be polite. Sorry, Ronnie was, was speaking just then. Don't say that. Just keep going. Throw to your fucking film about Hi, birds. Yeah. How are How you? How are you doing? We're good, thank you. We're really good. Now, Sally, I know that you've been busy presenting Sunday Morning Live from this very studio. And, Ronnie, uh, you were on our screens most recently in Last Tango in Halifax. But you're in the kitchen tonight. Sorry? 
Well, yeah, yeah there was, it was another very good example of terrible internet Zoom interview. I know that we're in that zone. You know, we, we, we accept that now. That has become the new normal for programmes like The One Show. But sometimes it's just so bad... And then they once they get, as you say, get out of step with each other, there's no clawing it back. I mean, at the, mm. at the end, Sally Phillips was, they just cut her sound and she was left sort of goldfish face flapping into, into silence as they, in the background on a screen while they tried to introduce the next item. Again, this is the sort of like, the, you could tell this was almost like the, the, the centrepiece of this week's show was Chris Packham's Summer Wildlife Spectacular. <laughs> It's summertime. And all around us, nature is making the most of it. For me, and watching it, I was thinking, they could have been putting this on for the last two weeks, every, once every two weeks. It felt very similar to everything we've seen before. There's nothing that suggests to me that this is original in any way. Um, apart from they had a little section on puffins, who we referred to as clowns of the sea. They're also known as clowns of the sea. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, as he explained, because everyone fucking hates the sea. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, John Wayne Gacy, if you happen to be a sand eel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fifteen of them speared on a puffin's beak. Yeah, in a film where otherwise wildlife is very much the good guy. It's, yes. it's, a, a, it's a slightly tame, calming view. I mean, to be honest, like, look, at the very beginning of this show, Amol says, talking about the summer, says, well, everything feels a little bit different this year. We are well into the summer. And although everything feels a little bit different this year, one thing you can count on is our wonderful wildlife. Right. <laughs> now, once upon a time... I would have wanted to mock this, let's say, understated reference to mass graves in enforced isolation and uh, global economic meltdown. But you know what? At this point, I too, like the one show's natural audience, have been infantilised by misery and fear. And mm. I too just want to look at nice pictures of a mild-mannered wildlife and a large placid sea. Just the sort of <laughs> the, the soothing tones of Chris Pack. It's like a short that you might have seen in a 1970s flea pit cinema as the support mm. feature to one of our dinosaurs is missing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Soft beds, hard battles, and it is it is genuinely lovely. But it, it it that film did have the feel of a film made to be shown during a time of national crisis. Totally, and totally. Then, I, yeah. you, you think? Hang on a minute. But that's what it is. <laughs> it is <laughs> that. And that's where we're living. There's, funny you should say that, Ted, because I, I, the, the other show that we watched, I, there were bits in that where I thought to anyone in the future, if they went back and watched this, they would go, and of course we know now that the one show had been asked to basically do state propaganda. And there was a little bit, for example, they did a, a, a short film about meeting a couple of hairdressers from Toxteth who were reopening their barbershops. And all of that was, was, was built up by saying, um, you know, uh, uh, well, you know, they can't wait to get back to work. And how are they going to have a good old chat? And none of it was saying it's been a hard time. Yeah. They're going back to work. But what is the new world that we're going into? It was framed in an entirely different way of, you know, these bold, industrious workers are pleased to be back at the burnt crater of the former station of power. The past few months, one thing that's been getting increasingly out of control is the state of the nation's hair. 
Barbershop owner Joe in Toxteth, Liverpool is getting ready to open. As is Marie down the road. I might be a hairdresser, but I, this is the first time I've done my hair and makeup since lockdown. So today I actually feel like human again. What day is it? Sunday? Monday? Tuesday? What time is it? The other thing that they did that really, really felt like that sort of um, state, uh, uh, you know, positive information was when they, they just featured some of the people who had had uh, birthdays during uh, the week that the uh, 3000th episode went out. The things that they were celebrating, they celebrated them like it was post-war Soviet Russia. So they said <laughs> there's a woman who was celebrating her 60th birthday with a haircut. And you've been telling us how you plan to celebrate your own big days. And Sharon Matter says that she's got a big birthday this weekend. It's her 60th. She's getting a haircut first nice. thing. Yep. And a couple's golden wedding anniversary. And they were going to be having... A pizza. Now, this is Ruth and John. That's them back in the day. And uh, they're celebrating the golden wedding anniversary. Congratulations on 50 years with pizza. Oh, with pizza. And it was only one step <laughs> removed from sort of going, this young man at 21, he's got a new handkerchief and an extra portion of grain. And so <laughs> that sense of propaganda, you're absolutely right with the Chris Packham thing. If you begin watching it and going, this is now a government mouthpiece, that's been taken over by an apparatchik right at the top. It yeah. takes on an entirely different feel. Yeah, the other thing about that birthday spot was uh, the lady who... Uh, she was getting her hair cut, and then her husband was taking her to a lodge, wait for it, with a hot tub. Then her husband, Al, is taking her to a lodge, wait for it, with a hot tub. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Have fun, Sharon. <laughs> also, the, the, other, the other thing that betrayed the one show's new status as a, a government mouthpiece was the uh, mention of the name of Grant Shapps without the word disgraced in the prefix. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite interested in all the chat of Johnny Depp as well, because mm, Catherine yeah, without, Jenkins, yeah. Uh, without, yeah. Yeah, without, without referencing the court case that the whole nation was otherwise talking about. I mean, well, the one show, you know, I know the one show is on at seven o'clock but it could have mentioned the bed shitting i mean at the end of the day that is what the nation the one show is there to to reflect the nation back to itself and all anyone it's is what, talking about is amber turd except that the audience for the one show watch it to get away from their day-to-day -day <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, yeah. The, now the funny thing about that as well that isn't something that came up in conversation and they glossed over it was in the fucking question that they asked and, i mean we don't like name dropping to be al on this Stop show it. but Johnny Depp was kind of the inspiration behind this, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, roundabout way. <laughs> yeah. um, so they were yeah, talking yeah. to Catherine Jenkins. They said, now, Johnny Depp was kind of the inspiration for this. I mean, it's one thing if it comes up. But don't introduce it. Well, yeah, that was the thing. She, so she's on. It's her 40th birthday, right? Catherine Jenkins. And it's the one show's 3,000th, so hence the birthday spots, as we've said. So they asked her about a film that a producer, director, husband had made. And, and I think Alex said, well, Johnny Depp was uh, kind of the inspiration for this, wasn't he? Tell us about that. And she didn't tell us about that at all. So she gave another anecdote, came out of her face. And then it was left to, um, to, to Alex to just do it herself and go. Yeah, so, uh, so Johnny Depp, then, to explain 
in the collection was in the film as well, wasn't he? But don't underestimate Catherine Jenkins. Catherine Jenkins is a seasoned media player. She knows that she is not going to be getting into a thing where she talks about Johnny Depp. She is Catherine Jenkins. She knows the game. I I thought, you know, she just moves on very quickly. She knows exactly what she's doing. So Johnny Depp is in the film. uh, It's called Minamata with uh, Bill Nye. um, And, yeah, my husband sort of talked me into playing a role um, in that, uh, the role of Millie. um, And I did say to him, "Okay." Do you know who she was engaged to between 2005 and 2011? Was it uh, it our... Friendly neighbourhood Welsh presenter from the one show, Gethin Jones. Yeah, 2005 yeah. to 2011. Again, that, that doesn't warm me to her because I hate Gethin Jones. <laughs> I know, we, yes, we know. <laughs> the thing is, I got a little bit depressed by the Catherine Jenkins feat. Mm. Look, look, OK, let's start at the beginning, right? This episode presented by Alex Jones and Alex Scott. Alex Scott is a, a former uh, footballer. Um, now a BBC presenter, on the logic uh, common across the whole media of this person's been good at one thing, therefore (laughs) they will immediately be good at another thing with a completely different skill set. So let's give all the jobs in that thing to them instead of the people who already have that skill set and have trained for 20 years. Um, But I quite like Alex Scott because I cling to every moment on the BBC uh, which where there is a voice audible that isn't upper middle class, and uh, mm. and she does provide, if nothing else, she does provide that. Right now, I mean, I say this: it's uh, people talk about Alex Jones because she's Welsh, right? It's uh, the BBC think a regional accent counts as not a posh accent. But listen, I've been round the country. They, a lot of it, this is a disguise. A lot of the time, those accents mm. are just a disguise. Like you know, when the Guardian goes up north. And they don't realise they're talking to an IT consultant on 80 grand a year who lives in like a three-bedroom flat. They think they're talking to somebody who lives in an almshouse. <laughs> it's fried cotton. It's, but it's, it's a bit like... But look, look, look. Alex Scott is, um, is a welcome presence for me because the BBC, remember, used to make all programmes like this, lightweight magazine shows, everything... Almost involuntarily, they used to make them exclusively for the upper middle classes, right? The idea being that it's a, it's a warm summer tea time and the husband is off in the distance uh, in a cricketer's hat, slowly mowing the huge flat garden in the low hum of bumblebees while the, the wife sits on the patio reclining in a folding chair with a, not asleep but she's got her eyes closed and she's disturbed by a <laughs> descending fly opens one eye swats the fly away checks the watch oh Peter it's almost time for the one show and picks up the tray and they, they go back on inside you know uh, he, him following on after he's finished doing the bit down by the clematis and it, it it's really not like that anymore you know, it's it's it. They've been forced out of that at long last, the BBC. So I say, good for you, Alex Scott. But uh, I'm watching Catherine Jenkins with her eyebrows like the arched wings of a great dark bird, about to <laughs> poised on a thermal before descending on something shiny. And Alex Alex Scott is talking about her new album and says, "I've been trying to say this," meaning the title but I feel like I say it with a Cockney accent. Is it 
Paradiso. I've been trying to say this, but I feel like I say it with a Cockney accent. But is it Paradiso? <laughs> and it's a heartbreaking moment as, as Catherine smiles uh, benevolently and says, yes, that's right, well done. And this, this reveal of Alex Scott's obvious deep conviction that saying the name of an album by an opera singer in a Cockney accent when you have a Cockney accent is somehow wrong even yeah. when their album is the predictable collection of light popular standards <laughs> to which yes. celebrity opera singers are eventually inevitably reduced. Um, so there's a double hit of misery there. The illustration of our serious culture for its own financial survival is dragged down to the level of grotesque kitsch by a, a British middle class who can't or won't think and feel past the end of their own nose. And the cap-doffing resignation on the part of Alex Scott that even this upper lowbrow Tesco finest fucking bilge is intrinsically too good for the likes of us who barely dare to read the title off a card it makes you wonder if the if the post-war dream was all a mirage doesn't it all those comprehensive schools built for nothing do you know they, they did that when they were talking about Ness and Dorma so Alex went out to do a little piece about yes. Ness and Dorma and its importance within uh, Euro 19 uh, World Cup 1990 yeah um, and it ended that little bit and she was actually she's much better when she's out than she is in the studio because she just has to look at the camera and deliver a little perky line and I think she's nerve she's absolutely unnerved by the live element of the television she always looks like she's about to burst into tears when she's on that sofa but it came back from this this short little film they did that was about how you know important Ness and Dorma had been to that particular you know period of football and Alex Jones it cuts back to her and she yeah. says it really is a goosebumpy aria and there's a pause and she she goes I've got to claw this back and she goes I didn't know it was an aria and then Alex Scott went no no I didn't know until the other day either and it's like stop oh it is um, a really goosebumpy aria isn't it Goosebumps. I didn't know it was an aria until they just said. But <laughs> I only it. learned it the other day too well. Don't worry. Our next guest. Just, no you're on telly. You can just go, yeah, isn't it beautiful? You don't have to be like the fucking Gallagher brothers from Oasis and just go, yeah, never heard of it. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Three yeah. minutes of it and then just pulling the rug out. You know, have the courage of your convictions. That's a goosebumpy aria. I'd have yeah. been happy if it, if it ended there. I think that was a sweet line. Just, just smile enigmatically. <laughs> You will be a mirror for the great British public. If the one show was just half an hour of two presenters smiling enigmatically down the camera lens at Britain, then it would be a far better programme. Well, as Johnny Depp might say, shit the bed. That's the end of part one of this week's Tatitos. Part two will drop through your pod box and onto your mat tomorrow. Or if you're out, of course, we'll leave it in your designated safe place or with a neighbour. See you in the morning. Hello, 
my name is Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends, as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath, uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the Friends theme tune for rights reasons. We get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. And we look through it in excruciating detail. We pick through levels of plots like no one has ever done before. So if you like Friends or just listening to people talking, which are both valid activities, do look us up on the old podcast apps and that. Friends with Friends. And we're on Twitter at FriendsWF. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.